It would be impossible to find someone more qualified to be the Associate AD for External Affairs here at Campbell than Ricky Ray. He has literally been in all the positions he oversees. Radio play-by-play, marketing, media relations, sales, he did them all. First as a student here at Campbell, then at other major universities throughout the South. The North Carolina native and Campbell alum knows what this place was, is, and is striving to be. And on top of it all, he might not have been by title, but he was even the acting general manager of the Bowie's Creek Astros minor league baseball team over the last two years. We'll explain. All right, Ricky, I know you like coffee almost as much as I do. Tell me how many times a day, how you take it, what it means to you. I spend a lot of time in Creek Coffee. It's not only my second office, but I've noticed a lot of other staff members' second office. Um, it's just straight black in the morning, hot, straight black coffee in the morning. The afternoon can either be an iced coffee or an iced green tea. I'm really big into that right now. It's supposed to calm you down, which is great. Um, and then, you know, when it gets a little colder, we might switch back to the, you know, two cups of coffee a day. But yes, I can't function without it. And uh, I've noticed uh, most of my staff leaves me alone until about 9 or 9.30 every morning until the cup is empty. So. I don't know what that says about me as a person, but uh, I do like it, and, and I spend a lot of time at Creek, for sure. We will go all the way back to not too far away from here. You grew up nearby in Zebulon, North Carolina. Kind of tell me about you growing up uh, in the Carolinas and, and how you came to love sports so much. I, I don't remember a time not watching sports and being into sports and loving sports and I grew up in the eight-team ACC era when, you know, it wasn't so saturated like it is now and everything was the biggest thing ever. Every game was the biggest game ever. So, you know, that's sort of how I remember my first college sports exposure being um, the Raycom game of the week or whatever they called it back then. And it was it was just always interesting to me. Um, I you know, obviously grew up watching the NFL, grew up watching baseball, loved it all. Um, and it really was one of those things where, you know, people say, I had this happen and this is how I figured out what I was going to do with my life. I just sort of always figured it would be something like this. What did you play growing up? Everything possible, except soccer, which is weird. Um, soccer took off right as I was probably getting to the age where you're starting to age out of rec sports. Um, then it obviously now is just monstrous in this area. Um, but growing up, it was just starting to take off. But obviously, baseball, basketball, played every every day in the driveway, every time I could play rec sports, um, and just loved it. Just loved being out there. And um, I was never as good as I thought I was, and I never thought I was very good. So uh, being able to all these years later make a living in sports is sort of funny in that regard but um just loved it you know loved every part of it you ended up with uh, one of your first degrees was a mass communications degree here at campbell we'll get into the mass comm part of it but what drew you to campbell in the first place so the first time i ever heard of campbell was the 92 ncaa tournament and i'm sure i'm probably not the only person that would say that uh, so I, I started to uh, hear about the school Duke was playing, 
Um, it just so happened at the time I had met uh, Terry Michael Newell, who was a former campus minister here. He was the youth minister at my church at home. And he was a, I believe at the time, he was still an RD here on campus too. So all of that happened at the same time. You know, saw the basketball thing, uh, got to know Terry Michael, um, got interested, visited campus. Um, I, you know, visited a couple other campuses and they would always take you in that, you know, freshman chemistry class that has 350 people in it. And that just wasn't appealing to me. Um, Campbell was a lot different back then, but the smaller class sizes, the individualized attention, um, and then the mass comm department at the time was incredible. Uh, Dan Inslee and John Cavallo, just getting to meet them. When I visited, I knew I would be in a really good place and have a lot of opportunities. And I was about an hour from home, so it was just enough distance to where you felt like you were sort of doing your own thing, yeah. but close enough to where, you know, when you needed laundry done or you needed a quick meal or something, you could get back. And um, so, yeah, it was it was... Really, I liked that smaller atmosphere was really what sold me back then. You talk about Campbell being a very different place. I've been here for eight seasons now. It's so different than when I first came on campus in the summer of 2011. You're about my same age. You went to college 10 years before that. So tell us what the Campbell was like back in the late 90s, early 2000s. It's, it's fun to explain to people who only know it the Campbell version now because it was so different and I mean again from just a strictly athletics perspective obviously we were playing basketball games in Carter gym there was no football there was no lacrosse you know so it was very different um the from the academic side just being on campus you know just little things like the there's there was no Starbucks there was no Greek life there was no co-ed dorms by floor or however that's set up now it was literally everything was so self-contained that you know again i'll hear our students today say oh man target's 20 minutes away well that's fantastic it wasn't there when when we were in school (laughs) you know so i I remember the mckay house for example where our office is now was an honors female dorm so there was about 14 girls living in that dorm I never got to go in that building until I got back here to, to start working. Um, I never went in Kivett Hall as a student because that was the law school at the time, which is, of course, now downtown Raleigh. Wow. So the first meeting I had when I got back here that was in Kivett, I'm like a tourist in there looking around, and um, people are like, well, of course you've seen this before. No, yeah. I've never. we weren't allowed in this building as undergrads. Uh, so it was very different. The uh, Just to kind of put a time stamp on it I guess uh, I took one class my senior year in the newly constructed Lundy Fetterman School of Business Wow! so you know we were, we were starting to build then uh, but just what has happened since I left is nothing short of remarkable you had mentioned it already a fantastic mass comm department and something that attracted you to this place there was a radio station that that, that Campbell owned at the time but that created a bunch of broadcast opportunities. There are so many similarities between you and I that we will get to as this go on, but one of them was what you did in college and then the early part of your career. Yeah, so we had our own radio station on top of the science building, and also back then, Campbell had their own television deal. So the broadcast opportunities were tremendous, and Campbell was so small at the time and so understaffed. As a a student, we got a lot of opportunities for some hands-on things, so 
myself and one other student, Joey Beeler, who's now the uh, head media relations uh, person at Davidson. We, as students, were traveling with teams, doing play-by-play. I traveled with Coach Watkins for years doing, doing her games. Wow. We would do a weekly radio show on WCCE. We had a TV deal where a lot of our games were being aired right after the old Charlotte Hornets on WKFT <laughs> Channel 40. I mean, so we would play a game on a Saturday, and it would be on that night and again like twice the next day. So the exposure was unbelievable, even if we were playing in Carter Gym. And that was really a a, a great step. And, you know, fortunately, I had professors that knew that while I was out missing class traveling, you know, we were in the tack at that point. So while we were in Alabama and wherever at Florida and wherever else we were, they knew I was getting practical experience. And so they were really good to work with me on that and um, you know when I was in school coach Watkins teams were incredible Um, went to the tournament so you know I saw some good teams got some great experience and literally just beaming we had a great signal Um, you know it was it was kind of entertaining to see how much like just with the tv and the radio package how much exposure that we had and you're kind of thinking about man if we had that now with the tools and the people that we have you know what we could really do with it. So your first move after you graduated from Campbell, you went to Georgia Southern where you were media relations and did play-by-play, a hybrid position at a really good school to start out with, uh, with a great athletic program. Yeah, so I got to Georgia Southern as a, as a media relations um, intern and was there for a year and then got hired on or promoted to full-time. Um, but it was... A change in sports so I started out with one set of sports then I moved into a different set of sports um, so I traveled with women's basketball I traveled with baseball while I was there and they've always had great baseball um, and then a couple years into that I had an opportunity to move into the director of marketing role uh, our athletic director at the time just assumed since I had sort of interned in minor league baseball in college I knew how to sell I wasn't going to tell him the only thing I had really ever sold at that point was like Christmas wrapping paper as a fundraiser or whatever (laughs) so I took it Uh, it was great it was just a completely different path yeah but it was awesome um at the same time I was doing radio play-by-play so um Nate Hirsch who was the legendary late voice at Georgia Southern is probably the only guy in the country who was a football baseball play-by-play guy um so I did men's basketball so I'm 24 25 years old wow you know, going around with, with the, the men's basketball team. And as far as pieces of my career that I would say were more fun than others, that was a blast, you know, because yeah. we're playing all over the country. You know, it's the, you, which, you know, it's the prep, you know, you're, you're getting ready for games all the time. It was a blast. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting gig to have as a 24, 25 year old, on top of being a full-time employee as well yeah. to be to be doing division one basketball but um yeah it was it was great football down there was incredible we had, i got there right after they won their sixth one double a at the time national championship so i was there during paul johnson's last year and uh, and football was just amazing and it's it's such a great football culture um the people in statesboro were great some of my best friends are still there um we've we've kept those friendships going and um, every chance I get to get down there, I, I definitely try. Um, just such a great place for me and great place to grow. Where does your career go after your stop in Statesboro? So after Statesboro, um, ended up in Greenville at East Carolina. 
Um, and, and again, in the broadcast world. So uh, I'm working with a very good East Carolina baseball team. Um, their radio deal there had a person assigned to the baseball team permanently. Um, so I was the baseball guy. So 60 games that year. Um, did some stuff with football. Got to know Skip Holtz really well, uh, which was, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, so it was, a neat, it was a neat stop. You know, it's a, it's a school. It was a little different because I was way more familiar with East Carolina than Georgia Southern, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Uh, growing up here. So it was a great stop. Uh, made sort of an ill-fated move after that to the pro- pro- professional world and ended up in minor league baseball. Yeah, I, uh, will, I, I will interject here that your East Carolina stop is, is very interesting, and that's where kind of our connection begins, that – I'm still trying to figure out it's because if you were so good or the guy after you was so bad, but you left to go to the Carolina Mudcats and they hired someone to be the new baseball guy at East Carolina. Yes. And the Pirate Nation, which this was when baseball was really, really rolling for them, had such a reaction to him. Four games in, they fired him. They needed an emergency fill-in. I was down the road at Kinston doing minor league baseball, filled in, eventually got the job that you had uh, had given up a, a year later, which was hilarious. That was the first time I heard the name Ricky Ray because they said, well, we have this guy named Ricky Ray. <laughs> who I thought, that's a great name. It cannot be his real name. That has to be a broadcasting mm-hmm. name. But that's where our kind of connection starts. And the, and the crazy thing is, you remember, this is this is right before social media, right. obviously. Yeah. So message Message boards. board got him fired. Message board. Yeah, Boneyard and, banner. And they got him fired. <laughs> yeah. And... So the great thing about it was you say you don't read the stuff, but you do. You oh, read yeah. the stuff. So yeah. I, I knew that, you know, that, that people would like to follow along with our games and everything. <laughs> I have got the greatest email still to this day um, that Terry Holland, who was the athletic director at the time, the legendary basketball coach, uh, he was the athletic director there at yeah, the time. Yeah. And he sent me an email that someone had sent him that just loved the broadcast and was like three paragraphs of how great I was. And then he had shot him a note back talking about how lucky that, you know, East Carolina was to have me this whole thing. He sent it to me. I actually framed it because it was Terry Holland. And uh, I thought, wow, and I still have it. I thought this is great. And then I left, and I remember they they had hired a guy, and I think his his biggest offense was a 2-2 pitch got hit out of bounds for a foul ball. And it was some things like that that probably uh, yeah. that, that didn't go over well. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I completely forgot about that. But that is, yeah, right? that is 100% true. And then after your time at ECU, the guy that came in after, actually, I got to spend some time working with him later in minor league baseball. So there was a string yeah. of us who had done probably eight years worth of yeah. ECU baseball that we're all intertwined yeah. in some way. And we'll pick it back up. You go into something that I was in before I came here, minor league baseball. You came back home and yeah. were at the Carolina Mudcats. Yeah, you know, it was at the time probably the right move. Um, I would uh, I would say at the time it definitely, upon reflection, definitely convinced me college athletics was where I needed to be. Yeah. Um, and as I'm sure we'll talk a little later, that experience obviously helped along the way here over the last couple of years at Campbell. But, um, yeah, so it was a uh, – um, it's an interesting world. Professional sports is an interesting world, a lot different. Um, so did that. Uh, spent some time there at, with the team that I had kind of grown up going to games and watching um, probably five minutes from my house um, before finally getting back out back into the college world. A couple of questions about – your minor league time first the decision to get out of broadcasting and go more to the sales side and then with the Carolina Mudcats part of your duties were doing their 
public address announcing, <laughs> which brought you back into the fold of Canada. Yeah, so the, the kind of the cool thing about the Mudcats gig was I was in Raleigh, and I was doing PA announcing during the game. So I was, you know, I'd sell all day or do whatever, and then I would do the games at night. Um, because of that, I ended up doing Campbell games. And, again, just like every other great job that you get, it happened purely by accident. So I think I did a football game the first year of football here in so 08. Uh, because Mac Edwards, who's an incredible announcer, yeah. was going to miss a game. And then the next year, I think I filled in twice. And then the next year, I think it was, well, he could do three only and I could do the other three. So they said, well, why don't you just do them all? Which then in turn led to, well, you want to do basketball too? I mean, you know, <laughs> you seem to enjoy it. So that's how that happened. Yeah. So the, the beautiful thing about while I was in professional sports and about the time I figured out that, you know, that was not for me. I still had one toe in down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was also at about the time that Bob Roller came in. So I got to know him through being down here announcing uh, football and basketball games, which obviously was a tremendous benefit before I was working here and then obviously after. But so, yeah, I saw like I again, I remember the I remember games in Carter Gym. I remember games in Gore Arena before the bells and whistles we have now yeah i remember football game i remember no football i remember football with the trailer in the sky (laughs) and thinking well this isn't the worst thing ever and now what we have um so it's it's fun to look back on it because i've seen every step and so that's it's kind of fun just to see well what can we add now or what's next you before you come on here full-time, you make that connection, but you go a year to Troy University in Alabama, which, speaking of connections, we play them in football <laughs> for the first game of the year last year. What was that experience like? Uh, Troy is is a neat, really neat place. Um, so I judge everything in life based, again, on how close Target is. Um, the closest Target <laughs> to Troy is 50 minutes. So, you know, when people say, wow, Bowie's Creek is wow. in the middle of nowhere. No, there's a Target 20 minutes away. Jeez. It's not that bad. But uh, so Troy's in lower Alabama between Montgomery and Dothan, uh, about two hours from the Gulf, from Destin. Uh, a lot of the places that just really got uh, hit hard by that hurricane. Um, so I spent a lot of time in the Gulf, beautiful area. Um, every time somebody asks me about Troy, the first thing that pops in my head is the people. Yeah. Uh, the people were just unbelievably nice, unbelievably tremendous, both who I worked with and then who uh, I was, you know, in contact with day to day. I worked for two athletic directors while I was there. They could not have been more different, but they were both fantastic people. Uh, John Hartwell, who's now at Utah State, uh, is is a great guy. Um, really enjoyed getting to know him. Still, you know, hear from him uh, from time to time now. And then Jeremy McLean, who is there now, he came in probably the last three or four months I was there and completely different, Yeah. but just so much respect for the job he's done and you know, just watching what's happened since I left. Um, he's just been an awesome guy. And of course, worked with him to, to you know get us down there for football next year. And I'm uh, looking forward to going down, but just the people, man, the people, just the, the some of the, the sponsors I, I worked with and all, I just, I. I can't wait to get back down there and see some of them. That's the one thing I'll always remember about Troy was just how great everybody was. You really liked it there, but when our director of athletics, Bob Roller, when a position came open and kind of a new position he was forming, you were his first call 
Was it an easy decision to come on back home? Oh, yeah. Yep. Didn't have to think too hard about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'd been there maybe six months when we first talked and yeah. managed to uh, you know, just the way things were, were going and then um, with some different um, opportunities and the way they were working some things here. I managed to – I was in Troy about a year uh, before making the move. And literally I think the last phone call was – we had sort of been talking and talking and talking. Yeah. And the last phone call was, okay, change of plans. We just got the uh, Big South men's basketball tournament here. Uh, so pack your bags. we, we got to have you now. <laughs> and uh, so that was the – that was kind of it. It was this tournament's coming, and yeah. it's, you know, it's time to go to work. So I jumped to the opportunity. Um, Troy is about a nine, nine-and-a-half-hour drive. Um, so needless to say, my parents were extremely happy yeah. that I was coming a little closer – uh, to home and it, it was awesome so the first I think I started technically on January 1st and then I think that basketball tournament was March 2nd or 3rd or 4th or whatever it was so it was about two months and then you know right into the fire with that I'd say this when the microphones are off as well but I, I tell all the people what's what's so awesome about you being here and in the position that you're in is as we've talked about in this interview that you knew Campbell what it was like 20 years ago. You've known this current change in the past 10 years. You really have ha, have seen it all and have that perspective of knowing the values of this place, what it was, what it holds dear, but then what it can be because you've been to other FBS, F, FCS schools. From the outside looking in, it seems like all your experience kind of leading to be here, right place, right time. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, just with the with the change we've made in football recently, um, you know, we've, we've implemented some things that, you know, that I might've picked up or, or seen in other places. Um, and it's, a it's, it's everyone, you know, it's, it's, it's marketing. It's, you know, it's you guys and broadcast digital media, it's ticketing, you know, it's, it's everything, um, media relations, everybody that I work with. And you with. oversee all of those departments, which can be yeah, busy I, for you. Yeah, I do when you guys are, are doing great things. Um, <laughs> when, it, when it goes astray, I usually am bailing out. There's nowhere to be found. Yeah. But, uh, but, no, I mean, we, our external units are, are great. Um, we've got some, some great people here. We've got some people that were here when I was here. We've added some pieces uh, since I got here. And I couldn't be happier with, with what we have. And, and with all of the changes, we're forced to grow up, you know, and, yeah. and especially, again, with the football move, you know, things are getting bigger and bigger, and we're going to start playing schools like places, literally like play everywhere I've worked, I think. But um, all, we're playing all these schools coming up, and so it forces you to, uh, to really start thinking in terms of, of the bigger picture, yeah. and, and so it's been great. Well, you, you mentioned that, but a, a fun part of the job and maybe – part of the job people don't realize you have a a big role in trying to get Campbell on the schedule of some schools and trying to get people to come here what has that experience been like I would imagine fun and sometimes not fun and sometimes a little bit of both yeah so that is um and I've said this to Bob a couple of times I I'm a huge dork when it comes to those type of things scheduling and data and moving pieces around and all of that and and to me it's fun I'm sure a lot of people would think that's miserable. Um, I love it, and I am, I'm so happy he's let me kind of help with some of that and schedule games. And um, he's got a formula in his mind, and then we've got a formula that we're trying to sort of build each season 
each season schedule to be. And you're looking at, it's some of the funniest things, but you're looking at dates. You don't want three home games in a row. You don't want, um, you know, maybe this team to follow this team. You've got a schedule with, hey, we've got to have family weekend and homecoming. So you have to hit certain areas of the, of the calendar to try to make those things happen. Then you have your conference schedule, and our conference is a little smaller than a lot of people. So a lot of people go into conference play earlier. So trying to find games in that late September to, to early October range can be a little difficult. And, and then, of course, obviously the, the part everybody loves, you know, I, I am thrilled with some of the home and homes we've been able to put together. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, the Citadel, they've been playing football for 100 years. William and Mary, same thing. Um, Elon, so close. I mean, those are great to me. Yeah. Um, but, of course, you know, everybody loves the FBS games. And, yeah, so we did get Troy, Georgia Southern, and East Carolina, strictly by accident. Um, <laughs> they all appeared. Um, you know, Liberty will be a good one because it's close. And then, obviously, I, I think everybody was just thrilled when they saw the North Carolina game pop yeah. up and um, our first Power Five opportunity. And... I, I, I think that was – that's one, again, as an alum, and that's the part where you, you try to separate the business from how your mind works. But as an <laughs> alum, in my mind, the fact that when, A, we have football is still entertaining at times because I'll think back to the, when we didn't. But we started out playing Carthage and Apprentice. Yes. And, you know, some schools like that. And now we're playing – Troy, who's beaten LSU and Nebraska the last two years. We're playing East Carolina and North Carolina, who everybody in this area grew up going to their games. And so I think just that in itself shows just how fast this thing has has come along. Your past kind of weaves into the present once again when – the Bowie's Creek Astros, a minor league baseball team that just wrapped up a unbelievably successful two years, but that was your deal. <laughs> you were, um, not your deal that you made, but your deal to oversee, to run. Tell us what you did with that and what that experience was like. It was, uh, it was kind of one of those things that as you try to explain it to people, it's, it's, it is hard to explain. Yeah. Um, it, there's, been some, there's been some instances, as you well know, of minor league teams and college teams sharing a facility. That um, have usually ended badly. Yeah, frankly. yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and I think um, the ones that, that go well, there's a lot, of, a lot of, of effort put into that relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, with the, with the Bowie's Creek situation, um, the, the contract and the setup was that Campbell would maintain and run the operations of the team, which in theory sounds good because we run events for a living. We have 120, 130 home yeah. games in every sport each year. The caveat to that was there was literally no other staff other than one person here that got a paycheck from Houston all the time so the little things um scheduling workers payroll selling merchandise stocking merchandise keeping up with rosters social media updates all of that stuff you know we just sort of as the first season started to roll around we're all kind of looking at each other and saying oh we forgot about that oh what do we do about this and there was there was kind of two thoughts to that and one was we want to 
we wanted to make it look as good as possible because at the end of the day, this is going to bring a lot of people into our campus yeah. who've never been. So when they leave, whether it's Astros or Campbell, we're giving them a, an impression of Campbell University. And so we wanted to make sure that no matter what, the impression was good. And, and the second thing was, you know, you did kind of want to run it like it was a quote-unquote real team. Yeah. You know, we don't have – we didn't have the resources and all that a, a normal minor league team with 5,000, 6,000 people would have, uh, you know, any of that. But we tried to make it fun. We tried to make it, you know, to where the guys that were here, at least their parents back home, could sort of keep up with what yeah. was going on type yeah. thing. Um, so it was, it was sort of a labor of love. Um, yeah. You know, just to sort of try to pull off 70 games a year or whatever it ended up being over those two years. Um, the two field managers that were assigned here by Houston, Omar Lopez and Morgan Innsberg, were both fantastic. Two completely different people, but um, two different styles and everything. But they both understood the temporary situation, so they were really good to work with in that regard. Uh, and then you win a championship. Right. So for the next – you know, 70 years, that trophy is going to be floating around with Bowie's Creek on it, yeah. which is hilarious to think some kid in 2060 is going <laughs> to pick that trophy up and go, what is this? But, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's been a great part. The, the folks in Houston were great. Um, you know, they were all very complimentary, tremendous. I'm sure they'll do well. Once the team gets down to Fayetteville next year, they'll do well. Obviously, we'll continue to keep up with them as the baseball tournament is there. Um, but it uh, – this was not a situation where, like, the one I always think of is Charleston, where the Citadel and Charleston share a stadium. Yeah. Charleston has a staff. The Citadel has a staff. This right. was all of – this was us. Yeah. And I did a lot of it just because it kept it off of everybody else's plate so that we could keep the you – know, everything going on the Campbell side that, that needs to happen, obviously. Um, but it was – it was a story to tell. Yeah. Part of that story is the fact that some – players that were here in Bowie's Creek just these past two years are now in the locker room for a Houston team that's going to make another run at the World Series. They're in the playoffs right now. Yeah. Bowie's Creek Astros are in the playoffs. It's uh, it's interesting to see that how fast some of those guys have moved. And, yeah. and again, having the minor league background that I had, it was just interesting to see how Houston operated. Right. And you can kind of see how they've gotten to the point now where they may go back-to-back, -back, uh, the way they handle their player moves and their personnel and what they look for in the draft and and all of that so it was, it was interesting to see another side of of that uh but yeah a couple guys are already you know one guy miles straws on the he was on the division series roster um so those guys are starting to filter through already and and when you when you just think about from february to september in jim perry stadium two teams won championships two teams call it their home field yeah two teams won championships you know, of course, Campbell did what they did and won the regular season and the tournament. You know, Bowie's Creek won the league. And 100 games played in just that ballpark from February to September. And you get three championships out of it. Some it's incredible. Some unbelievable play on that turf. So you're back down to only one full-time job now instead of two full-time jobs. So back to the job that you currently are, are in. What do you like so much about it? It's funny now, everybody, you guys all hate me now because I have more time to micromanage <laughs> and I'm gonna lose everybody, I can tell. But uh, <laughs> no, um, there is something intrinsically fun about doing this job where you went to school. 
And obviously, I when I worked at Georgia Southern, I loved Georgia Southern. When I worked at Troy, when I worked at East Carolina, I loved those places. Wore the purple, wore the uh, cardinal, that's what they call it. Wore the cardinal. And, and I was certainly their biggest fan. Because you get to know, you, again, it's about people, right? So you get to know these coaches. You get to know these players and student athletes. And you want them to do well. So you take that. And then you add on the fact that you're doing it where you went to school, a place that really gave you your start, enabled you to learn that there was more to sports than just playing and that you can make a career out of this and gave you the tools to start that. And it just makes everything you do more meaningful. It, it gives you that little bit more excitement when you do win a baseball championship. You know, not only is, is you know, that coaching staff, I love those guys, got to know some of the players, you're happy for them. But it was also your alma mater one, you know. So there's that little piece where it's just it, it makes it that much more special. And then to play a small role in helping it grow and you know kind of spreading the word is is a lot of fun. Just to to be a part of how much things have have changed. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Anytime.